And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. It is currently 8.05 in the morning on a beautiful... Uh, murky overcast uh, <laughs> Wednesday morning. Here that we are glad to be in, alive for. In Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess because I was in here yesterday morning saying, oh, it's sunny outside and that's amazing. And then, like, what followed was probably the hardest <laughs> single moment of rain I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was raining so hard that you couldn't see. Like, it was so heavy at the uni. Like, you mm. couldn't you couldn't even see through it. And then, like, people who were out there literally looked like they showered. Like they didn't have some raindrops on them. Like they, like people who like briefly ran from the car into the thing were like literally. You know, the worst is driving in that rain. It's happened to me maybe twice and I'm terrified for my life every time. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, that's this that's is when the worst. you like just slow down to twenty k. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you have to. It. You have to because you can't see. Yeah, but um, but yeah. Now we have murky and overcast. Hopefully that goes away and we but can the see the sun. The sun wants to come out. That's right. It just yeah, is, it's it just working on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's trying to be it's our friend. Trying to, trying to get our, get its confidence up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's feeling a bit self conscious. Just be shy today. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But hey, let's have a clue for the quiz. Okay, so this is clue number four of a Who Am I quiz, and this is Esther revealed my plans to destroy the Jews at a banquet she had prepared for the king and me. Who is this person? Esther revealed the plans that this person had to um, destroy the Jews. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you can go into the draw to win our amazing prize, which is mini... It is a Conflict of the Ages series, which has a whole bunch of books. Amazing. The next one in the series, this one's just given you the first two, but is Desire of Ages, my Ooh. favorite book, mm-hmm. possibly ever. I'm currently reading it. It's amazing. You definitely want it. You didn't know you do, but you do. So answer this, yeah, this quiz, this clue, whichever, both. I totally agree because I'm currently also reading The Desire hey! of Ages. So, yeah, praise the Lord. These are fantastic books that we wholeheartedly recommend because we read them. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's right. they're expensive and we're giving them to you for free, for free if you know the answer. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. We've had some text messages come through this cool. morning. Uh, first one here, Mildurin Substance Abuse Facility. How sad for the people who suffer from it and the situation that led them there. When Jesus comes, he will heal them. Um, for he knows all their pain and circumstances. Mm. I pray for the facility in Mildura will really be a blessing to them. So yeah, totally agree um, that these people are definitely in need of healing and God is willing to provide. And yeah, he's, absolutely. he's uh, definitely going out of his way for these people at the moment, I believe. And it's, pro- I think, you know, facilities like this are definitely inspired by God um, to help people find healing and freedom from substance abuse and addiction and these kinds of things. But simultaneously, yeah, we do look forward to a world where substance abuse and addiction will not exist. Oh, yeah. And the reasons for them will not exist. You know, yeah. no one would need to, like, be fulfilled in a different way. Mm. That's a destructive way. Amen. Mm. Um, the UK anti-conversion bill, interesting that the Queen got involved. Hopefully it will get through. The conversion bill, while claiming to help those who are confused about their sex, are actually using the problem to actually stop them from receiving help. It's all about rejecting God and his plan for humanity, uh, which is salvation of all. All who accept him and what he has done for us. He made them male and female. Uh, get it? And it's like, yeah, like this is, this is stuff that, uh, that I believe is, is, is pretty clear. Ultimately, you know, what we want for people is to know Jesus. And I really believe like God will work in their heart and work, work through. The, the certain addictions, issues, problems. We've just been talking about this in, in one sense, you know, circumstances that have led to addiction and substance abuse. Um, in another sense, like circumstances that led 
that lead to, you know, different opinions on sexuality and, and different practicing and all that kind of stuff. Like God can can work through that too. Now the conversation that people want to have is like, oh, but one is genetically predisposed and one maybe isn't, you know, how can I control my attractions? It's like, well, we all we all control our attractions, you know, um, but God can really work in that space. So praise the Lord. Um, final text message here, the brain, what an amazing thing. God surely knew what he was doing. Uh, what he was doing, how unfortunate that we don't use it as much as God intended for much of the time. Uh, Agree. (laughs) Agree. Scientists are still catching up with its wonderful capabilities. We are surely wonderfully made, but it all means nothing if we don't use it to know him. And that is true because the brain that we have is amazing, but our capacity to use it for evil is also great. This is something we've been talking about in our Bible study, actually. We've been covering the capacity of man to do evil. And you get to a point where the brain just thinks about violence continually all the time, constantly. And so we have a need to connect back to God because as much as we have an amazing brain, body, you know, limbs, fingers, hands, you know, uh, just existence, really everything. We, we, uh, the fact that we exist is incredible and amazing. Um, uh, but we can also bring that creation to, you know, to nothing. We can bring our existence to nothing because we decide to not follow him, but let's follow him. And let's talk about a person who was following him in the Bible. Let's go to the book of Genesis. We have been covering the story of Abraham as we've been studying through the book of Genesis. And right now we've come to Genesis chapter 15 and we read last uh, yesterday verses one to six. And now I want to kind of pick it up and get an idea for what is taking place here with Abraham at this time. Because um, this this is a really key moment. Um, so we've actually been covering the story here, Minnie. We've been we've been looking at Abraham, and we saw he disgra- he displayed great faithfulness. He left his hometown of Ur to go and follow God out into the wilderness. And then when he's brought to the land he's supposed to be in, then he all of a sudden decides not to display great faith. And instead of displaying great faith, he's like, oh, there's a famine here. I'm going to go to Egypt instead. And then he tells the Pharaoh that his wife is actually his sister, which is kind of half true, but he didn't disclose the fact that it's his wife. Then plagues come upon Egypt and then he leaves. And it's kind of this thing of like, see what happens when you don't trust me. So then he trusts him and then God helps him win this amazing battle. And then he pays tithes to Melchizedek. And finally, we come to the situation in which God reinstates the covenant and the promise to him. Mm. Now, let's read it, verse 1 to 6. Can you pick it up for us, Minnie? Is this chapter 15, yeah? Yes. Cool. I'm just We pray before the show, but I'm actually going to pray before we read the Bible. It's just something I like to do. Yeah, for um, sure. All right. Did Jesus, I just thank you that we can open your word and read it and that you speak to our minds and speak to our hearts. And just as we, um, on air and, you know, whoever is listening today, as we read your word, God, uh, show us truth. Um, yeah, heal our minds, heal our hearts. And just help us know that you are with us now. Amen. Amen. Okay, so verse 1 to 6 in Genesis 15 says, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O servant Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so uh, so one of my servants will be, be my heir. Verse 4, the Lord said, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and, and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. So we have this conversation here where the covenant is confirmed, and we see specifically in verse 6, one of the more famous verses from the book of Genesis, one that is a foundation and a pillar of people's theological understanding. You know, Mm. this idea Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. This was part of, you know, this was one of the, the catch cries of the great reformation of the 16th century well yeah. the real catch cry uh habakkuk 2 4 you know the just shall live by faith but it was based again on this idea that we have the ability the potential and the capacity to believe in god uh and at that point it's accounted to us as righteousness mm-hmm. um but we actually see this kind of play out in a symbolic way following this that will then give us some insight into the practical how is it that we believe god and then that makes us righteous how is it that yeah just through this belief and acknowledgement that he will do what he says that all of a sudden we're you know justified and are actually going to see here sanctified as well not only does Mm. this justify us in the sense that we are then saved um, you know, prepared, you know, in, in the sense of ready to go to heaven. We've made a decision for salvation and we're saved, we're justified. But also this decision actually works in us to lead us to not only be saved in the sense of being going to heaven, but also doing the actions and doing the To be transformed, works, right? To be transformed, yeah. the things that God would want for us. Let's continue to read because it gets kind of interesting after this. We see this interesting ceremony take place. So let's pick it up in verse 7. Um, and yeah, do you want to read from verse 7 to verse 11 for us? I sure do. Verse 7 says, Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give this land as a possession. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Then the Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these things to him and killed him. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. Okay, so then... Uh, you know, they have this really this weird experience, heartwarming right? moment. <laughs> and just, 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 just quickly, just to reflect on those verse ones to six. I think just uh, we talked about this yesterday, but just to highlight again, you know, the reason Abraham Abraham kind of challenges God, mm. and he is like, God, I don't have an heir. You know, like you need to do something here because you told me that my descendants, through my descendants, like the whole world would be blessed. And we would have all this land and do all these things. Basically, this is God creating the nation that would bring forth the Messiah into the world. This hasn't happened yet. He hasn't had a son. And then God is confirming this covenant to him and saying, like, no, like, I will do this. Count the stars of the sky. That'll be like your descendants. And then Abraham believes and counted to him as righteousness. As a response, he goes and gets a bunch of animals and cuts Cuts them them in in half. half. Yeah, so as I'm reading this, you know, we're sitting here 2022, um, and I remember reading this for the first time. It was around 2016, 2007. It was either the very end of 2016 or the start of 2017. I had just been baptized. I'd just become a Christian. I'd started doing my devotions in the book of Matthew, so I was reading the stories about Jesus. But then I'm like, oh, I want to start the Bible from the start. Mm-hmm. And you get to a story like this, and it's like, what, what is going <laughs> on? Like, come on. So, yeah, he cuts all these animals in half. And he lays them, you know, opposite to each other. And then he drives away vultures from those carcasses. And um, the big question is why? 
Like for me, as I'm reading, I'm like, why is he doing this? Do you do you have any thoughts, Minnie? You know, do you do you have any insight that you can draw out? You know, directly from this that just gives you great indication as exactly why he's doing this. See, this is the thing from the text. It's not super clear. What we know is that somehow it's connected to this idea of faith and justification mm-hmm. and belief, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we know because it follows on, like, directly. Yeah. But there's a whole lot that just reading this we don't know, mm-hmm. right? Well, at the moment, I think at the moment, yeah. we've just seen, like, we're going to get clued into why Abraham's doing this a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But for right now as we're reading it, it's like, okay, as a response to being promised by God he'd have kids, mm. he cuts a bunch of animals in half. Well, because this is the thing. He says, right, in verse 8, um, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Mm. And then could you imagine if I say to you, hey, Lawson, you've promised me this thing. How can I know? And you come back to me with this, right? Yeah. Hey, okay, you got to go get these animals. I just, thought, like what? chop them in half uh, <laughs> and boil them up. Yeah. So this is this is where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're trying to understand. It's like this is somehow proving what God has said to be true. Yeah. But we're, oh, this just gets more and more beautiful. Yeah. Like this story is incredible because from this point forward, um, then they start to, uh, yeah, they start to have you know utilization of these animals, and we start to see what is taking place. Do you want to pick it up in verse twelve for us? Um, and let's read to verse 16. Okay. So verse 12 says, as the sun was going down, Abraham fell asleep into a deep sleep and a terrifying darkness came over him. Mm. The Lord said to Abraham, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years, but I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land for the sins of the Amorites did not yet warrant their destruction. Mm. Okay, so Abraham then falls into a sleep. And then as he's sleeping, what's his reaction here? Is he just like, you know, just nodded off and just sleeping <laughs> like a log? Or what's what's going on with this guy? He's not really having a fun time, mm. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But God is speaking directly to him again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giving him really a prophetic word about what's to come about his descendants. So yes. You will have descendants. This will happen. Mm-hmm. But it says in this translation, it says, you know, there's this terrifying darkness yeah. that comes on him. In, in my Bible, it says this great horror falls upon him. Mm. And we see that it is like directly and expressly because he has probably seen the oppression of his later generations, yeah. um, the oppression of the Israelites in Egypt. Some people have gone to far as say that he's also seen, like, not only the oppression of them in slavery, but the oppression and, the you know, the misdeeds of them all throughout history and then even the death of Christ himself. Now, I feel like that would be an assumption that's not expressly in the text itself. Mm. But uh, what we do see is he has been shown something horrifying about his descendants and God explains what it is. Yes. He's like, your descendants, you are going to have them. Praise the Lord. Like the promise will come through, Mm. but they will be enslaved. And that's because then he gives reason as to why the Amorites currently occupy this land of Canaan. Um, And as a result, and, and apparently it says here that their, their iniquity is not yet full and their actions haven't warranted their destruction. Yet, for some reason, um, God doesn't want Israel to, you know, or the, the later generations of Abel, Abraham at this time to mingle with them. Because we know it's through circumstance they end up in Egypt later. And that's a story that we are going to to cover as we work our way through the book of Genesis. It's, it's circumstances that were God-led 
mm. was the reason that they ended up in Egypt. But we see a reason as to why is that the Emirates currently occupy this land and their destruction isn't warranted. And what we, I, I love this. This is, this is a little bit of a side note in our Bible study, but this is a really great point because people often look at the Bible and they say, oh, why is it that God is going around indiscriminately destroying nations um, or telling the Israelites to do so just to prop up their nation? Is he being like racist? Is he being xenophobic? Like, or, or, or just like, is, is he all about possession and control or, you know, does he want, is, is, is God all about like occupation? Because we look at, you know, some of the American occupations over the last 20, 30 years. And we look at those as like, horrific and terrible you know we look look at afghanistan and and there are people who justify that by the bible but as a christian i would say no way but Mm. then we see examples of that in the bible it's like what's god's deal god was responding with judgment expressly because of action Mm. the amorites hadn't fulfilled their iniquity what is their iniquity well they would be worshiping pagan gods and sacrificing children like that they were actually like the the actions of the Amorites warranted their destruction because in the actions of the the, the Amorites were doing if they were done in our day today there are several states and locations around the world where they would I'm not going to say justly but even the like in the United States they would receive the death penalty yeah if you like if you sure. like murder a child you will die like you, in Oklahoma for example they have the death penalty like you will die you have a whole nation that is participating in violent and terrible, like sexual abuse and child sacrifice as a result of paganism. Um, yet at this time, it says that their iniquity is not yet full. So they, God can recognize that they have potential to come back from this. And if they do, as we see, and many times in the future, God's people collaborating with others, if they're, you know, if both parties are faithful, but right now he's like, look, God is looking at the situation and he's possibly identifying like, okay, these guys are on a bad path. They're not all the way there yet. There's no reason to destroy them because they have the potential to come back. So therefore you won't occupy the land of Canaan and your descendants won't in the next couple of generations. They'll actually end up in Egypt, but know that this is where your people will occupy. But unfortunately they'll have to go through a period of slavery in Egypt to achieve this, Mm. which is like bittersweet for Abraham. It's definitely horrible and horrifying. Like, yes, I'm going to have all these descendants. God is going to work in this way, but they're going to be enslaved. Now we know the result of their enslaving is that, you know, Moses comes along and establishes them and it's a nation and the Amorites end up getting destroyed because of the the fullness of their iniquity eventually came. They completely rejected God and they were doing all these terrible things. Uh, But at this time, God is working in this complicated political and moral situation, but ultimately giving Abraham insight into the fact that, yes, you will have descendants. Now, wait, why did he split the animals in half again? Like, that's that's, <laughs> that's my question. Like, okay, so, so so he splits the animals in half, then he falls asleep, and he gets revealed all this stuff by God. Isn't that mission accomplished at this point? Why did he split the animals in half? Well, we're going to see. Like, the next passage is all about the purpose of the animals being split in half, and it's like, this is maybe, in, in my opinion, one of the most incredible pictures in scripture. It looks actually, it sounds when you read it kind of strange, but when you understand the implications of God's actions Mm. from this point forward, we're going to see this and understand this, but essentially God is saying and communicates to Abraham from this point forward with how they deal with the animals. We haven't read it yet, but we will. God is communicating. It is wholly and solely my responsibility to save you and yeah. to establish you and to do all these things for you. Now, Abraham, you have a choice. You can be with me or not. But if you choose to be with me, 
I'm the one that is going to confirm and keep this covenant that I've just made with you. And it is powerful and it is beautiful and it's amazing and we're going to get into it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we have our final clue for the quiz coming up, our absolute last clue, your last chance to get in and answer correctly. What is it? Okay, you guys, you're going to get this. It's who am I? The clue is my plot against Mordecai backfired and resulted in my being hanged. Who was this person who didn't like Mordecai? Yeah, and the Jews. And the Jews. Yeah, actually, (laughs) a vast amount of people that he was... Pretty keen to destroy. Who is this person? Give us a text, mm. 0491-064-669. I'm actually going to give them another clue. Yeah, go. I'm going to give them another clue. This person was motivated to destroy the Jews because of previously in history, in time, um, Saul, King Saul. So oh, This yes. is like hundreds of years later, before King Saul had destroyed his nation uh, but spared this person's like great, 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 great grandfather. I feel like that is a way harder clue. Yeah, but I just, I just, I just think it's information it's about extra. the story. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. Because and and that his great great grandfather, his name is Agag, mm. and this person is known as blank the, the Agagite. Yes. So interesting, interesting connections, interesting story in the Bible. Um, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know who this is and if you do you can go in the draw to win our conflict of the ages box yeah, set yeah. series which is one of the most incredible bible commentaries we've been talking about them each one through we talk about desire of ages what, what what are we up to now i think acts of the apostles is that yes. what? yeah yeah acts of the apostles acts the book of acts is my favorite book in the bible oh and the acts of the apostles is an incredible supplementary um in, an incredible supplementary commentary that just really brings the story to life and mm. helps us to see, you know, what, what was taking place. Um, but yeah, it's, these are incredible books. They're expensive and you can win them for free if you get an entry. So and 0491-064-669. I maintain if you guys don't want the free thing, give it as a gift. Mm-hmm. Be like, this is just for you. They don't need to know that it was free. Give it to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me. No, I, I have a copy. I have a copy. Yeah, that's right. But I, yeah, let us know, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I actually have printings of some of these books from like the 1930s, the oh, 1920s. Oh, so, yeah. So they're like super old school vintage, but like really, really pretty red covering. Like it's, oh, it's awesome. Hey, but right now we are listening. You, you are listening to The Breakfast <laughs> Show and we are studying the Bible and we're We've been talking about, okay, so Abraham, you know, has these conversations with God. God does amazing work to confirm this covenant. He now gives Abram a a prophetic vision about his people in the future and and what they would do and how they would be persecuted. But again, we come to this question, wait, why did he cut all these animals in half? Like, what's going on here? Now, I said it was related to the fact Mm. that it is God who would keep the covenant. It was God who would confirm this covenant. It was God who would be doing the work. And let's see what takes place in relationship to these animals. Let's pick it up in verse 17, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. So if you do that for us, Minnie, that would be amazing. Yeah, awesome. So this is Genesis 15 that we're in. Verse 17 says, After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking firepot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants, all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphites, Amorites, Canaanites, Gigashites, and Jebusites. 
Awesome. So we see here in verse 17, all of a sudden, sun, sun goes down. Um, and you know, they're, they're, they've, well, they've had this experience of the dream, the prophetic vision, all these different things. And then it says God in the form, it says like as a, as a looking like a burning torch or a smoking oven. Now I preached about this passage recently and, you know, many people who are attending, uh, the sermon were, uh, not, you know, English first language, their English was either their second or maybe third or fourth language. There were, you know, people from Japan, people from all over the place, you know, China, Africa, like. Yeah, and I had to explain to them, like, he did not literally look like an oven. Because I remember <laughs> when I first read this, I was like, yeah. a floating oven. And I'm, like, imagining it not as, like, an ancient oven either. I'm, like, imagining, like, a gas top, like, <laughs> a, a gas stove, like, and God flying through the middle of these, um, these uh, Animal yeah, these animals. And I was yeah. like, what is going on? No, but what it's, it's saying, it, it looks like that. The point yeah. is, it's, like, it's burning, it's smoking, it is literally... The presence of God manifested before Abram as this burning, smoking fire and light that is is unapproachable. Now, what does it do? What well, it, it goes what is, through what? the middle. So there's these all these animals which you read mm-hmm. in um, verse nine mm-hmm. have been cut in half. They're laid side by side, um, each mm-hmm. half, and there's a gap. And this presence, this torch, this fire is going through the halves of all of these animals. Mm-hmm. And w- what have they been talking about at this time? Like, what is the ultimate subject matter that that this relates to? And why did he split those animals in half? What was what was the reason that he split split those animals in half? What was God trying to achieve? Well, he's trying to go, this is how you know you can believe me. Yes. Essentially. Yeah, he's trying to prove, like, yeah, this is, this is how you know that you can believe me. This is yeah. how you know that, you know, it's this covenant that we have is confirmed. Now, the question is, how is it that ancient covenants were confirmed? Now, we actually know from the book of Hebrews, and we we studied this when we were studying through the book of Hebrews. We talked about this extensively. In the ancient world, when people would make covenants, those covenants would be confirmed with the death death of an animal. Mm. The reason it would be confirmed with the death of the animal is that it would ultimately represent what would happen to either one of those people if they broke the covenant? Because at that time, your like your ability to trade, your ability to make promises and covenants and oaths was only as strong as as much as you could be trusted. Yeah. Um, you lived in the ancient world. You had the potential, you know, you could, I don't know, steal everyone's stuff and whatever it may be. But if, if your reputation is known as someone that is is good and that, that your word holds up, people will believe you and be able to enter covenants. But p- particularly when especially when you say, if you are in a covenant with someone, if you enter a covenant and you're like, if I break this covenant, I will die. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like, may this be upon me, right? Yes, that's if, right. Exactly right. We yeah. have such a close, like this is a blood covenant now. Mm. So it's now the battles you go fight, I come fight with you. Uh-huh. And this, so then if I'm breaking this loyalty thing that we have, mm. may this yes be the consequence. That's right. hundred percent. But think about it. Okay. Does Abraham pass through the animals? No. No. Who passed through the animals? Yeah, only God. Only God. Only God. And this indicates to us wholly and solely, like, it was God who was confirming this covenant yeah. because Abraham and any human- Because humans n- were going to fail. Yeah. We <laughs> never had the ability to. And the yeah. question is, does Abraham fail in his side of the covenant? Does he, does he continue to have faith in God that leads him to be obedient to God and always, you know, his actions are aligned with him from this point forward? 
No, like literally the next chapter is the story about a Hagar. We're going to get into that tomorrow. But from this point forward, does Abraham fail? The answer is yes. And what's the penalty for failing? Well, this death. This death. But who died? Mm. Who died? Who took on the penalty? That's right. And it was like the answer is God. The Mm. answer is Jesus. Jesus perfectly, God perfectly and faithfully kept his covenant to those who are under it, which is the entirety of humanity. Because as much as this uh, covenant applies to Abraham, that there would be a savior coming through his line, this covenant applies to everyone because we are all affected by those savior. We have all been blessed by the savior. And in fact, the first promise of this covenant didn't come in Abraham's time. It came all the way back in Adam and Eve's time when Mm. God promised them there would be a savior for your sins. Like sin will be destroyed. God has perfectly kept this covenant. God has 100% perfectly kept this covenant. We are the ones who have failed. Yet God took our place in dying for us because of our breaking of the covenant, our breaking of the law. And I love what the Bible says about this. In, In commenting on this, the Bible says, He became sin who knew no sin that we might receive eternal life. Yeah, yeah. We ultimately see God takes the penalties for breaking the covenant. He takes responsibility for the covenant. Um, and he does everything so that we can be justified, we can be saved, and that he can, you know, from this point forward, work in our hearts and sanctify us too. Amazing story. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, uh, 0491064669 is the number to call or text if you want to answer our quiz correctly, of which we're going to give you all the clues that we've been through so far right now. And if you answer correctly, you will go into the draw to win our Conflict of the Ages um, box set. That is the perfect Bible study um, companion because, Mm. oh, the last book we didn't talk about yet, The Great Controversy. Oh, yeah. Do you know? Do you want to know not only what's happened throughout history after the Acts of the Apostles and even into the future, according to what the Bible says? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you answer these clues correctly. So give them one more time, each clue. Okay, so this is a who am I. First clue was my estate went to the queen when Xerxes put me to death. Clue number two, I looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout Xerxes' kingdom. You can read about me in the book of Esther, and Esther revealed my plans to destroy the Jews at a banquet she had prepared for the king and me. My plot against Mordecai backfired and resulted in my being hanged. Who was this person? If you get it, if you know what it is, text through to this number, 0491064669, and you'll go in the draw to win the Conflict of the Ages series. Mm-hmm. Now, we have come to... Question of the Day. All right, Minnie, what is our question of the day? Okay, so the question of the day comes from Hebrews chapter 6. Basically, our question is, how can someone repent if the Bible says that we can't repent? That's right. <laughs> now, this is a question that we did on the show, I believe, maybe three or four months ago. But, you know, Minnie had this personally, and we are like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. I also want to remind you guys, send us in questions mm. of the day as well. So let's start in Hebrews chapter 6 and read verse 4 to 6. The Bible says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again themselves to the Son of God and put them put him to an open shame. Mm. And so basically, if we read this, you know, a cursory reading here. It's a heavy verse when you just read it yeah. straight like that, right? Where, where like, oh, man, 
but this is this is heavy. Like, mm. uh, does this just sound like you you have one chance? You mm. repent, and then after that, like if you've repented once, because it says repent again. So if you've repented once, then that's your last life. And if you stuff up after that, you're done. Like it's over. Is that what the Bible's saying? Um, now the Bible says if we confess our sins, this is First John chapter one and verse nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we are willing to confess. Um, so this kind of sits as a contradiction. The next one that sits as a contradiction is the many uh, to to this verse and what we're seeing here is the many times in which people fail multiple times throughout the Bible, yet they are brought to repentance. I can think of Peter. I can think of the person who wrote this, Paul. I can think of, we're talking about Abraham this Mm. morning. He's called the father of faith, yet not only does it go into Egypt because of unfaithfulness, in the following chapter after our Bible study, like today, what we're going to talk about tomorrow is Abraham, Hagar, and you know, Ishmael, like, again, another story of faithlessness. Like, we have, you know, throughout David's life, like, basically the last portion of David's life is marred by faithlessness and by falling away and, and repenting. And it's like, oh, but didn't he repent once? Like, how can he come back? So, obviously, we're seeing some kind of discretion here, some kind of, like, it's... Uh, it's a tension, it's, right? It's a tension. Mm. Let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion... This is just before... Um, of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go to the perfection, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on hands, of resurrection, of faithful of the dead, uh, of um, sorry, of the dead and of the eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So this is in the context of teaching. Yeah. He's like wanting them to teach all these things. Um, but first he has to stipulate this point of salvation and of repentance. And I think simply what, uh, Paul is trying to say here is that if people fall away from God in the sense that they are not willing to come back and confess, essentially they are in the position uh, where they are lost. If they trample the, the blood of Jesus underfoot and the grace of God underfoot, then they, they are lost. Like if you don't repent, you are lost. That's the, the only sin that you can be lost by committing is the one that you haven't repented from. Mm. And if you are in a position in which you don't repent, in which you trample the grace of God underfoot, well, you can't be brought back to repentance because you won't repent, and therefore you can't be saved. That's the situation that you're in. It's your choosing. And we see this with other characters too. The best example of that is, well, the two pharaohs. Uh, the pharaoh in Abraham's time received the plagues and repented. The other pharaoh received the plagues and hardened his heart towards God and decided not to choose him and ultimately died. You also see this with Judas and Peter, right? Yes, another perfect Both of them example. fail, same time, same uh-huh. situation, uh-huh. fail by betray Jesus. Judas literally kills himself. Yeah. Peter goes, oh, man, this is a good God. I'm coming back to yep. him, right? And so, yeah, that's right. The thing that stops people from repentance is themselves. <laughs> And we have the potential to not be in that situation. Guys, you've been listening to The Breakfast Show. And remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith. And you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By His counsel's guide uphold you. With His sheep securely fold you.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.